presented by Meta. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Rogan Winovalin. It's Monday. Today's show, how exactly the Inflation Reduction Act came together. It's our Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Today's Playbook Written Edition is a roundup of some of the best reporting when it comes to how the Inflation Reduction Act came together. It's worth your time when you have a moment, but I want to point to two specific days in that roughly year-long oral history. On Friday, July 15th, White House advisor Steve Roschetti talked to Senator Joe Manchin, hoping the dialogue around the reconciliation bill could resume. But there was no evidence that Senator Manchin wanted to engage with White House officials, who had privately told reporters that Manchin would never come back around and that it was useless to wait for him. Having given up on him, Biden issued a statement endorsing the plan to move ahead with the healthcare-only bill. With climate legislation seemingly dead, the White House also prepared options for Biden to declare a climate emergency and announced that the president would soon travel to Massachusetts with Senator Ed Markey, who publicly urged Biden to make the declaration. Monday, July 18th, per Politico's Burgess Everett and Marianne Levine, quote, Manchin quietly resumed his talks with Schumer. Manchin also called White House economics advisor Brian Deese and Steve Roschetti that morning and revealed that he was still talking and still wanted a deal. Deese quietly journeyed to the Hill and met with Schumer and Manchin's staff in Manchin's hideaway to talk through the structure of an agreement. In the ensuing days, Roschetti continued to talk to Manchin. Deese worked with Manchin's staff, and White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain stayed in touch with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. But the White House was largely relegated to technical assistance. Everyone agreed that the final details would be negotiated between Schumer and Manchin. Here's the question. Why did Manchin come back to the table? Per Burgess Everett and Marianne Levine, quote, quote, There are two schools of thought in the Democratic caucus. Some argue that the attacks on Manchin from his own colleagues drove him back to the table. Others say a cohort of Democratic senators who quietly reassured Manchin amid the blowback proved far more effective. Carl Hulse from The New York Times, quote, Democrats said a threat by Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell to block the microchip bill should Democrats proceed with the climate and tax bill backfired by motivating Mr. Manchin to pursue a compromise. The entire oral history is about 14 months summarized in a couple of minutes or so. So if you're just catching up, it's a good place to start. Check it out at politico.com slash playbook. In a new New Yorker excerpt from their forthcoming book, The Divider, Susan Glasser and Peter Baker dive into top generals' fears in the final months of the Trump administration that the president could try to use the military to remain in power. They have the resignation letter, never sent, that Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley drafted in June 2020. Then he decided to stay. He told his staff, quote, fuck that shit, I'll just fight him. The challenge as he saw it, was to stop Trump from doing any more damage, while also acting in a way that was consistent with his obligation to carry out the orders of his commander-in-chief. Yet the Constitution offered no practical guide for a general faced with a rogue president. Milley told his staff, quote, If they want to court-martial me or put me in prison, have at it, but I will fight from the inside. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. The Bidens will depart Rehoboth Beach, Delaware for Kentucky. There, Biden will take part in a briefing on the area's flooding response at Marie Roberts Elementary School in Lost Creek. Afterward, the Bidens will visit with affected families and see the response in eastern Kentucky. At 3.25, the Bidens will depart Chavez and make their way back to the White House at 5.50 p.m. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre will gaggle on Air Force One on the way to Kentucky. Vice President Kamala Harris will meet with university and college presidents to talk reproductive health care access at 3.15 p.m. The Senate and the House are out today. Other things worth flagging on your calendar. Tomorrow, President Joe Biden signs the Chips and Science Act into law. 
primaries in Connecticut, Minnesota, Vermont, and Wisconsin. Rudy Giuliani testifies before a grand jury in Georgia. On Wednesday, Biden signs the PACT Act, that's the toxic burn pits bill, into law. In July, inflation numbers are released. On Thursday, more inflation data. This time around, the producer price index. On Friday, the House returns to take up the Inflation Reduction Act, primaries in Hawaii. The University of Michigan releases new consumer sentiment data, which is expected to show an improvement since last month. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munavalin. Have a good week. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. Facebook is taking action to keep its platform safe. Their safety and security teams are over 40,000 strong, more than the size of the FBI. In the last six years, Facebook spent over $16 billion, enough to build seven pro stadiums, all to help create safer connections. And more than 40 million people are using Facebook's privacy checkup each month. That's nearly 60 times the population of Washington, D.C. And they're doing all of this to keep their platform safe. Learn more about the work ahead at facebook.com forward slash action.